Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's the first show of 2022, and I'm excited to get back to it. You know, as you know, we try to put out as many episodes as we can and put out the content that you guys want to listen to, know about, learn about. And, you know, we also run a business, <laughs> so sometimes it's hard to stay on track, put out stuff consistently, but, um, well, we're just going to keep going and doing what we can. So, we have a whole lineup of new topics and new episodes uh, getting ready to launch, so we're going to be back on our regular posting schedule again, and uh, I'm excited to start chatting again, really. It's been a couple months since we've done one. Um, so today, what I want to talk about is something that's fundamental to what we do at Upstate Performance Project, or we'll just call it UP. Uh, and at UP, we really have designed our whole method around sports performance. And by that, I mean we got our start, or when we got our start, our whole design in terms of how we programmed the workouts to how we helped our athletes, or not just athletes, our, our members and clients recover from day to day to continue their high output. So, you know, from my strength and conditioning background at the collegiate level and, and Chelsea's, you know, high level collegiate and professional uh, athletic career, we, we've been around um, what it takes to push someone to their limits, but also make sure that they uh, are taking care of their body, doing everything in the um, outside of the gym that they need to be doing. Now, that's always the hardest part. You know, when you're personal training or, or doing strength conditioning, you know, and you, you can handle what you can handle inside the gym, but when they go home, how do you know they're doing what you want them to do, and you don't always know that. Uh, so we decided that at our gym we were going to add in a lot of recovery aspects. And you know, and over the course of four years, we've had two or three people on staff, um, athletic trainers and physical therapists, that either as an as-needed or, or um, uh, full-time uh, status, we've had people on staff to help with that recovery because we know that. It, if we're gonna ask you to work out at a high intensity, you're gonna to need to recover well. And if we just tell you to go home and do it, maybe you will, maybe you won't, uh, but we've always thought, well, let's just handle it in-house. And it's just something different. We know a lot of um, competitive athletes, whether that be you know sports, um, traditional sports, or, or things like um, weightlifting, powerlifting, CrossFit, those type of sports, um, a lot of athletes these days are big into recovery and do factor that into their overall plan. But the fact is, a lot of people don't know what to do or how to do it and why we talk about it so much. Um, and so that's why we wanted to just build it into our method. Um, but again, looking at our whole broad idea of Upstate Performance Project, we wanted to really have a full service sports performance facility. Over the last 
oh, probably three or four weeks, we have interviewed a few people uh, to, to bring on uh, some new trainers. And, you know, one of the things that I've talked about with, with each one of them and, and one of the things that they have mentioned in terms of why they came to talk to us was to learn about what we do because there aren't a lot of places that do what we do in town. Now, I'm not saying we do some things radically different or super revolutionary, but I do feel like our approach to sports performance is, um, it's, it's very traditional, but it's also not very widely done, at least not around these parts. And I think that sets us apart. And so I wanted to kind of take a step back and give you an overview of what we do and why we do it. Uh, But then, as always, I want to leave you guys with something that you can take away and put into practice. Not meaning you have to copy what we do and do sports performance, but when when you're thinking about setting up your programs and what you want, you really need to think about it from a, you know, large scale so that you can have time when you're setting up to think about all the different options. What can go into this? How are you going to pull this off? What's going to make you different than someone else? So first of all, and you've heard me say this a million times, and I think this is probably the biggest factor uh, in what sets us apart, but also what really um, gets us going in terms of what we really enjoy about what we do. And that is the programming aspect of sports performance. Now, you've heard me say (laughs) on countless episodes that just doing sport-like movements is not enough. In other words, if you just throw out a speed and agility ladder, if you just throw out a, um, uh, you know, plyo boxes and some hurdles and things like that, that's all great. And those are all tools that, that we use, but that's not sports performance. That's not, that's not all you need to do. Whatever you do in the gym has to relate to what that athlete is doing on the field or court or pool or wherever. And obviously the exercises have to correlate to that and have to make sure that they're going to train those 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 people for what their demands are going to call and the demands not just in you know movement but demands in uh intensity demands in you know endurance demands in recovery and rest time you know periods like that so you can't just you know do some random strength training and then just some hurdle drills and call it a day and it, you know, if you look at things like just at a quick glance, you could look at someone's program versus our programming, and they might look very similar. But what you're gonna, if you take a, a year approach or a, a macro cycle approach to looking at it, you're gonna see that there are, you know, some distinct seasons, if you will, throughout the year that we subscribe to when we're training our clients. Now, for right now, let me just talk about our actual athletes. Uh, and I say actual athletes, I mean, we have a lot of personal training clients that are just general health seekers that want to lose weight or build a little muscle. I'll come back to them in just a minute. But for the, the, the clients that we have that actually play, you know, sports and whether that be 
again, track, lacrosse, football, tennis, baseball, basketball. We, 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 we really see it all. Um, those athletes have certain um, phases throughout the year where they're going to need to work on their weaknesses. Now, here's the thing. If I take, let's, just, let's take football. It's a very good um, layout. August through, you know, November, December, depending on whether they're deep in the playoffs or not, is the season, the in-season phase. And in-season, you want to really make sure that, obviously, you're maintaining what you've gained in the off-season and preseason uh, to be able to use throughout the year. Now, I'm not going to get into the, all the nuances of how I go and set up the in-season. That, that could be another podcast. Um, in fact, I've done that podcast before, um, but but the nutshell is, or in a nutshell, we want to make sure that we maintain what we've gained in the in the uh, uh, off season. And there are different ways to do that. It's not just doing random, or, or not random. It's not just doing three sets of ten at seventy percent and maintaining strength. You still have to progress. You still have to be um, challenging yourself through there. It's just the volume's a lot less. Or or the intensity can come down, or the frequency can come down. So there's there's different ways you can manipulate that, and which which way you choose to change that up really is going to be dependent on the sport and uh, on maybe even on the individual athletes themselves. So for example, in football, in season, we still lift. <clears throat> I would still be lifting three to four times a week, um, but my intensity is going to be way down, and my volume will be relatively down. Now, sometimes because we're we're lifting several days a week, if I was only lifting three days a week, um, I might up the intensity and just keep the sets uh, and reps low, but but push, still push the heavy weight to maintain that strength. Anyways, not going to get too detailed into that, but but again, we have that in season, and then right after we have a postseason where we're recovering, still moving, still in the gym, still doing a little bit. Um, but nothing that's really going to push the needle forward. That comes in the off-season, which is next. That's where we work on getting bigger, faster, stronger, more endurance, whatever the goal is for that sport. Uh, in this case, football, bigger, faster, stronger is, is, is key. But this is going to be the longest phase and the, the meat and potatoes of what we really do. Um, but in this phase, I'm not as concerned with agility and... Um, footwork and, and speed development and things like that. I'm working on getting them stronger, more explosive, more powerful, all of those things. Then it's the preseason where we change the focus into sport-specific type movements. That's when we will utilize ladders and hurdles and box jumps and stuff like that. And the thing is, we can still be lifting, or we will still be lifting. The lifting will back off a little bit in terms of intensity, um, but we'll still be pushing, we'll still be progressing, but we're adding in our accessory work uh, is going to be more sport specific. And this could also be, uh, you know, say in a football example, something where we might take, um, <clears throat> uh, say, a lineman, and in the off season, I'm going to have them bench press, you know, for general upper body strength and overhead press and dumbbell work, things like that for some upper body strength. But when I get into the preseason, I might switch over to using a jammer uh, as opposed to a bench press. We can still load the jammer, 
but we can be explosive with it. We can push it for strength. Um, and the movement pattern is, is more like what they're going to see on the uh, field. Uh, so again, that's an example of how we would change things in the preseason to get them ready for stepping onto the field. Because again, getting people ready to be on the field is what the job really is. So that takes you through a full year of, you know, of kind of how we'd lay out a football programming. But, and I know it was a very, very general overview. But let's say um, that worked. And let's say our program was successful in terms of everyone got faster, stronger, whatever. Uh, injury decreased, uh, you know, at least injury risk decreased. All Everything went well. It's a successful year. Well, in theory, you could just run that program every year, right? I mean, just run it again, start where you are. And, and, and really, there'd be nothing wrong with that. But if I was running a private facility, as I do, and that's all I did was just run the same programs over and over and over again, um, you might have some success, uh, continued success, especially with new people. But at some point, uh, you know, things change. And so sports performance, so again, we're still talking about uh people that are playing actual sports right now um, those demands their demands or their coaches demands may change and this is where this is a lot of the discussion I've had recently with some of the people we've interviewed um, and that is it's it's surprising to me sometimes when we talk to people out in the community you know about sports performance and and what that really means and what that really means at the end of the day is communication between you, the strength coach, and the um, uh, sport coach. So the sport coach could have a lot of ideas of what they want and how they want their team to be. They might be want to be a power team. Like, let's take football. They might want to be a team that just runs it down your throat. Just run it up the middle, off tackle, every play, uh, and just be a power football team, right? Well, I might change things a little bit. I might, you know, put more emphasis on on absolute strength. I might put more emphasis on, you know, my uh, my lineman being really explosive to, to to get that initial one or two feet right off the dry or one or two yards right off the the staff of the ball. Um, I'm going to focus on that, I, and I may be focused less on speed work or speed development because my coach wants to ram it down people's throat. Now, it's not to say that we wouldn't do any speed work. It's not to say that speed is not important. That just means in this scenario, we want to change it up. Uh, a real life example I had, um, one of the softball teams I worked with, um, they had never done a whole lot of concerted effort uh, towards their lifting. They, they, you know, they would do some conditioning, but their teams were not very strong. They were very skilled players. But they didn't, there wasn't a lot of power to their game. They weren't explosive running the bases. They weren't explosive hitting the ball. So we spent a lot of time in the offseason really getting stronger, getting that wrist speed up and, and um, rotational work, strengthen that through that rotational. And all of a sudden, you know, a couple years later, they're winning the, or leading the league, leading the conference, I should say, in uh, home runs. So we turned them into a power team. And again, that's what the coach wanted. The coach wanted to hit more home runs, be more powerful. Um, but here's the thing. Over time, that could change. In other words, he might decide he wants more of a speed game or more of a, 
you know, finesse uh, type thing. And so I'm gonna de-emphasize, you know, strength. And so my during my off-season phase, rather than have eight to 10 weeks of strength work, I might have six to eight weeks and then have some, other, you know, spend more time doing, you know, working on some other things. So the idea is, the general take-home point is, what you do and how you train, it's gonna change depending on what the needs are for that person and what the needs are for that whole team as decided by the coach. And that could change from year to year, which is why, which is why strength coaches always are programming, always are changing their program, always are reevaluating what they need and you know don't need. In other words, it would be silly to to think that you could write out one year-long periodized program for football, one for volleyball, one for lacrosse, one for soccer, baseball, softball, basketball, all that, and then just say, okay, here are my programs, and we just run those continually every year. That's not going to work long-term, and it's certainly not going to be inspiring, and it's certainly not going to um, fit everybody. So you, you need to be thinking about what does the team need. Now, what if, <laughs> what if you are training someone who doesn't play sports, someone that just wants to get better, get leaner, get stronger. Well, we feel the same rules apply. So rather than look at, you know, sport specific stuff, because there is, there aren't, there isn't a sport in this case, we're looking specifically at things that we can do for our um, clients that are going to get them to their goal. So their goal may not be a an activity goal it may not be like run a marathon or do this powerlifting meet or, or something it could just be i want to build muscle okay so our goal is 20 pounds of muscle or 10 pounds of muscle or 20 pounds lost whatever the case may be but we'll still set up the workouts throughout the year kind of in that fashion so during the quote preseason phase where we would work on their sport specific stuff you know, I might utilize that time to really focus on um, the weaknesses that that person has. So maybe throughout the year, I'm working on general strength, conditioning to make sure that that person is um, building the muscle they want to build or burning the fat they want to build or burn. But when we get down to the, what I would say, preseason phase, and again, I'm not going to necessarily have defined lengths of time for each of this. What I'm getting at is when I periodize for a year, I'm going to have phases through the year where we're working on strength or we're working on endurance or um, conditioning. But I'm also going to have a phase where I would focus on the athlete's weaknesses and maybe spend a, a good six weeks working on you know, bringing up some certain areas. Yeah, that's why you've seen us sell some programs that are on our website. Um, particularly in the weightlifting uh, arena for uh, weak spots, weak areas. So there's six to eight week programs that you can plug in to address certain weaknesses, whether that be squat, pressing, or back. Um, those are some common areas and weightlifters that, that we need to bring up, um, kind of weak links in the chain, so to speak. And that would be that would serve as my quote, preseason. Then I might do some maintenance strength work while I'm really pushing the conditioning. And then I'm going to switch it over and really hit the the strength and, and, and hypertrophy uh, while we back slightly off on the conditioning. Now, 
last point I want to make is when I say back off on the conditioning or back off on the strength, obviously that doesn't mean we just lift for three months and then run for three months and then lift for three months. It, what it means is, you know, the emphasis is a little different. Um, and that's determined by whatever the goal is or whatever phase we are in. And that is for the lifting uh, work to rest ratios, but it's also for the conditioning work to rest ratios. So if I have someone who is working on muscular endurance, you know, I might have them lifting 15 to 20 reps with 30 seconds of rest in between each set. Well, when I go and I do my conditioning circuits, it's gonna be very similar. Uh, it may not be, you know, uh, uh, 30, just 30 seconds of rest, but it's going to be shorter uh, ratios. Whereas my speed and power ratios are more like one to 12 or one to 20. It might be one to three, or maybe even one to one uh, when it comes to my endurance. So if, it, if I'm doing 400 meter repeats and I do a 400 in a minute, I'm resting for a minute. Because my goal at this point is endurance. It's not necessarily to get better at that 400 or increase my 400 time. I'm working on my speed endurance. So again, that's how I'm going to do with athletes. I'm going to do the same with my clients. Whatever phase I'm working on, hypertrophy, my conditioning uh, is going to mirror that in, in by the way of my work to rest ratios with whatever conditioning I do. Furthermore, I break it down by day and main muscle worked. So if I'm working legs, uh, say a heavy squat and lunge day, my conditioning will be based around you know, legs. It could have some arms in it, could have some back or some other things, but it's gonna have legs heavily involved in there. So uh, if on a heavy squat day, or a, even if it's a medium squat day, I, I might have a sled as my conditioning, pushing the sled, pulling the sled. But, but again, if I'm doing you know, strength work, uh, where I'm giving 85% of my max uh, for three to four reps, resting two to four minutes in between, my sled push might be, oh, I don't know, 100 feet, 50 to 100 feet, all out speed, but then give two to four minutes rest so that every bout is all out speed or all out strength and power. Anyhow, those are just some basic um, outline of how we put things together. But I say that to say this, um, two things. One, in reg regards to what we do, you hear us throw around that term sports performance a lot. And I just wanted to kind of paint a picture because over the next few podcasts, we're going to really delve into uh, a lot of sports specific stuff. And even on our YouTube channel, which which is back now, we, ha we have uh, a new episode up and another one getting ready to come uh, <clears throat> come online here soon. And, and these are things that we really want to focus on uh, in terms of showing, again, how we put together a sports performance program. Because I think Chelsea and I have noticed when people come in, and we're talking, when I say people, I'll be more specific, parents. <laughs> when parents come in and are talking to us about sports performance for their child or their, their, their athlete, it's generally coming from a place, they don't really know what it means. They know that they need to lift weights or run or jump or whatever. But a lot of places who say they do sports performance only are doing the, you know, speed work or, you know, the, the banded runs or the, 
uh, ladders, hurdles, again, which they do serve a purpose and they serve a place and we do utilize them, but that's not all we do. And that alone is not training them for their sport, right? And um, we can go into all the reasons why. Uh, and if you want to know why, please DM me uh, on our Instagram or comment on, on this um, and, and I'll be happy to uh, reply and give you more detail about what I mean by that. Um, but, it, but in general, I wanted to have a baseline understanding of what we mean when we say sports performance and what I think sports performance should be universally. And there are a lot of trainers that do exactly what we do, but we find there's a vast amount more that say they do sports performance, but all they're doing is some of these, you know, generalized uh, athletic agility type work, which does have some transfer. It is okay to do, certainly, but that can't be all you do. Okay, the other reason that I bring this up, the other reason we're talking about this, is for you, the trainer out there, those of you who are personal trainers, strength coaches, or um, anyone looking to put together programming for other people, you need to think about having that, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, does everything in your program line up to support that. It's like when we talk about having our philosophy and our mission, every decision we make for our business needs to be run through that philosophy and mission as kind of a filter to make sure that we're making decisions that benefit what we're trying to do to push us in the right direction. Otherwise, we're getting spread too thin or going in different directions. So whatever it is, you may not be a sports performance trainer. You may be, you know, training people just for fat loss or muscle gaining or whatever, just general personal training. But think about how when you put together your programming, does your programming look like what the outcomes you want would reflect? And if it doesn't, then you need to think about, um, and again, you might want to just change what your outcomes are. Uh, because if you're seeing results and your clients are happy, maybe maybe you just need to sit down and, and change things around with them. But if if you're going to market yourself as a sports performance coach, if you're going to market yourself as a bodybuilding coach or a weight loss guru or whatever, your programs need to uh, be aligned with that. Not just periodized, not just you know well thought out, well tailored throughout the year, but they need to also line up with what you're trying to do. And that's going to change from person to person, you know, week to week, uh, month to month. And, you know, you might have a group of people come in for a class and, and the needs of that class change. Um, a classic example of that um, is, is um, and, and I'll, I'll use the CrossFit um, group that I trained. When I took over um, as director, the, the programming that had been done was just on a week to week basis. Each coach was programming a week. So I, one coach would do a week, the next coach, someone else would do it. And there was no cohesiveness from week to week. Each week was, was fine and it wasn't bad. It was just not cohesive from week to week. So it could very conceivably go two or three weeks without squatting just because no one programmed it or two or three weeks without pressing or, or maybe two or three weeks where there's pressing or squatting every single day. And again, that's obviously not great uh, for, for long-term development. And so coming in and, and, and changing that, uh, the main, my main priority when I looked at what I wanted to do was decrease 
our injuries because we had a lot of people getting overuse injuries and there hadn't been a tremendous amount of strength gains in a long time. At least that's what I was hearing from the members. I've been stuck at this weight for a long time. I can't progress. I can't. And it was pretty easy to spot why. So those were my main things to think about. Now, at that time when I was programming it, I wasn't thinking, okay, I've got to get every, every modality that I could think of in here. And I wasn't thinking about training them specifically to do well for the open workouts. The, it was only concern was I want to decrease injuries and I want to make sure that people's strength is progressing. So the first three or four months that I programmed for them, those were my biggest concerns. And you know what? Very few people got hurt, if any, and almost everyone increased their strength and through through all all lifts that we that we measured. And once they saw that, they bought into what we were doing, and then we could change the programming. Half the class you know, half the athletes we say wanted to compete, the other half just were there for community. So we started splitting it up and we'd have workouts that were a little harder. The RX workouts were basically designed to be the competitive workouts, whereas the scaled workouts were, you know, just for, you know, everybody else. And that's kind of how we, we did it. And it worked really, really well. We had some people go on to compete, some people go on to win some competitions. But I say that to say it's gonna change. And so you could go in there with what you want to do for your CrossFit class in this scenario uh, and just program it. But it's not going to necessarily serve the needs of everybody and the wants of everybody. So you have to take those into consideration when you start putting your programs together. It needs to reflect what you say they're going to reflect. And that is all. Um, right at 30 minutes, man. Coming right in at 30 minutes. So have a good, good one and we will talk to you soon.